Welcome to the OT Lifestyle Movement. This is for the occupational therapy visionaries and the ones who see things differently. We're moving our profession forward through living and leading a truly holistic lifestyle. Hey, hey guys, welcome back to another episode of the OT Lifestyle Movement podcast. I'm Rhiannon Crisp, occupational therapist, personal trainer, and founder of otlifestylemovement.com. Alrighty, today I am talking to all of you who are wanting to start your own private practice. Those of you who are really keen to step out and do the meaningful work that you want to do and to make it your own. I'm going to take you a bit through my journey and I want to also shed light on how I made my private practice really simple because I think a lot of the times we overcomplicate it and we feel like we need far more money to invest in it than what we actually do. And there are all these perceived barriers. So I want to break it down for you and take a deep dive into my business and what it looks like for me. So to give you a little bit of a background, when I finished university, I had this idea that I wanted to work in a hospital for the rest of my working career. So I got the new graduate position at the Royal Brisbane and Women's Hospital, and I worked full-time there for the first year out of university. And I worked on the general medical wards, and I loved it. I loved it to begin with, and then I'm one of these people that gets bored really quickly and I just could not see myself doing that forever. And so in my second year of being out, I decided to go travel. So I went to London and I worked six months at St. Thomas's Hospital in London. And that's right opposite the Big Ben. There was lots of stuff happening. It was really a big adventure for me and I loved it. Um, Then I moved back to Australia and I didn't get a hospital gig. I started work in a work rehabilitation sector where I was helping people return to work and I was conducting work site visits and those sorts of things. Um, So it was very different to my hospital role, but I adapted and I enjoyed that for the time as well. Um, But I was made redundant from that position. And I just found myself at this crossroads again, like, okay, so what am I going to do now? It just so happened that there was a local school who was looking for an occupational therapist. And I was living in a rural, I wasn't rural, it was regional, it was in a regional area. And yeah, I was lucky enough to land the job for that, land the position. So I worked at this special development school for eight months. And mind you, I had never worked in PEDS before. I had never done a PRAC, like an eight-week PRAC in pediatrics before. I really had no idea what I was doing, but I was just really open and ready to give it a crack. Um, I didn't have an OT supervisor in this role either, so... I just, I kind of hit the ground running and it was good in a way because I was given this 
space and this opportunity to develop my own perspectives and to do my own research and to work out what methods and what styles and what strategies I really liked. Um, and so I did this for eight months and then I, I moved, I, I moved again. So I moved into regional New South Wales and I had my first child. So I had my first daughter and um, at this time it gave me some time to reflect on, hmm, what do I want to do? What do I want to do with my OT career? What is going to be sustainable for me and for my family? You know, was it going back and getting another job in the hospital? Was it working in a work rehab company? Was it um, working at a special development school? Because I'd done little bits of everything, but I really wasn't an expert. I didn't feel like an expert in any one of those positions. So, you know, it was just through conversation with my husband that he said, you know what, why don't you just start up your own thing in Peds? You know, you're a mum now. It's something that can be flexible. And um, yeah, I think you'd love it. And I questioned it. You know, I, I, I saw the positive side of it. I thought, yeah, I mean, it'd be great. It's flexible. I can work in my my chores and my lifestyle in around my work or, or really it was the other way around. I was working, I could work my work in around my lifestyle. And so it was really appealing. It was really, really appealing to me. But of course I had these mean girl thoughts that would pop up and say, I'm not experienced enough. I don't know enough. I, I don't have enough resources. Um, I don't feel supported enough. And these, these thoughts definitely crept in and I'd verbalize them. Like I'd tell my husband this, like, I don't feel like I can do it. I'm just, you know, look at these other OTs who have their own private practices locally and they've been working in pediatrics for 25 years. I've had eight months experience. Like I just, I didn't see it working. I didn't have that self-belief. I didn't have the confidence in myself. And these fears just kept circulating. But there was no other option. I didn't, I didn't want to go back and work for someone else and be constricted and constrained by their working policies. And, you know, with a new family, I, I really wanted to support my lifestyle first. That was, that was my priority. So, yeah, my husband, I suppose, he, he was just a great support. He really believed in me. And if I didn't have those conversations with him and if he didn't have my back, then I probably wouldn't have done it. So I opened up my own private practice. Like that, that was the beginning of it. It wasn't like this big, long, thought out thing of what I'm going to do, how I'm going to do it. I just decided that I was. I, I built that confidence muscle enough to say, yep, I'm going to put myself out there. I'm going to learn more things that I don't feel I'm confident in, in terms of skill development. I'm going to do some more courses. I'm going to read some more things, read more articles and just 
have that confidence behind me so I feel like I can do it because I could and I did and I've come through the other side and I'm here to tell you that you can too. So what I loved about having my own private practice was that it gave me the chance to help people and practice in a way that resonated with me and practice in a way that I liked. And it also meant that I could structure my business in a way that supported me and I could schedule appointments around my lifestyle and my family. So I want to get into how simple it was. So that was pretty much the decision I made. Okay, yep, I'm going to do it. And then I thought, okay, so what are the steps that I need to take to start my own business? I have no idea. I'm not a business person. I really had no idea. And so this was back in 2013. So if you're listening to this podcast, what's that, eight years ago? Eight years ago. Um, so it was a long time ago for me, it feels like, because a lot has happened since then and I have grown so much since then. Let's just go through some of the things that made it really simple for me. So first off, I decided I didn't want a brick and mortar type business. I didn't want a shop. I didn't want a clinic because my thoughts were that there was going to be a lot of stress along with that, having to pay rent every week, potentially employing people. I didn't want that. Um, so I just thought I'm going to have a mobile therapy business where I just jump in my car and I go see the clients in their own home. I do a therapy session. I jump back in the car and I come home. I mean, how difficult can it be? Um, and so when I started, I literally only would have invested about $1,000 into the business. That's it. I really had very little overheads. So with that $1,000, I purchased two standardized assessments. I built a website myself. I paid for my public and professional liability insurance. I bought a business name, some business cards, and some resources, like literally some toys and some activities that I could use in my sessions with kids. And I put them in the back of my boot. That was it. Really, that's how simple it was. I, I didn't overcomplicate it. And it wasn't overcomplicated, I suppose, because of some of my naivety about it. Like I, I didn't know how to complicate it. I just, I, I looked at it really simply. Um, I was a real amateur in terms of business. I didn't have a business plan, um, nothing like that. It just, it was just super simple. And so off I went, I started to hand out these business cards that I'd printed off and I'd go to doctors, doctor's offices, I would go to childcare centres and I'd talk to um, the people there and just let them know that I had a service available. I even also provided free screenings to certain childcare centres just to do a screener of, of the kids that they had there. Obviously, there was a consent form that was sent out and if the child had any challenges in the quick screening that I was doing, then a letter would get sent home and 
if they wanted to, they could um, commence therapy, you know, or um, get more information. Um, but it was just a way of getting my name out into the community and letting people that I'm here, letting people know that I'm here. Because I think that's sometimes the biggest barrier is you can have the best service in the world, but if people don't know you exist, then it doesn't matter. And I didn't know anything about marketing back then. I had no idea. I, I, and I just did what I knew. I just kept it really simple. It was in person um, talking about what services I provide and how I might be helpful and when people can refer to me and, and some emails that I sent out as well. So that's literally all that I did. Um, and, and through that process, I started to get phone calls and it wasn't all straight away, but it was slowly but surely I'd start getting, my phone would start ringing and I kept, I kept my same phone. Like my personal phone is my work phone. I didn't decide to buy another phone, you know, cause I really didn't know if this was going to work. To be honest, I really didn't. And yeah, I was getting these calls and, and booking in clients and I thought this was fantastic, you know, because I had a little baby who was under one years old and I thought here I am like being able to schedule in these appointments around my lifestyle and when it suited me and also working. Like I was, I was contributing, I was giving back to the community in a way that I felt was really meaningful as well. So, yeah, it just, it took off. And then, you know, look at me now. Like I can't, there's just so many referrals that I can't even keep up with them all. I have to turn referrals down because I've got far too many. I don't tend to keep a wait list because for me, I feel like if there's another occupational therapist in the area who can see them, you know, I don't want to keep someone on my waiting list unless they specifically really want to see me. Um, but in terms of also keeping the business simple, I have a software program that I use for, um, like my practice software that enables me to schedule appointments, write my case notes, send invoices. I do all that. And that's all for free. That's a free service that I have as well. Um, and it's, it's all these things. It's about doing a bit of research so you don't feel like you have to invest this whole lot of money and invest this whole lot of time into something because for me it was something that I just wanted to build up on the side. And whether you're working full-time, whether you're a, a parent at home who wants to start something on the side, like a little side gig or a side hustle or just to see if it works, you know, Give yourself the grace and know that you do not need to spend thousands and thousands of dollars to get a business up and running. You absolutely don't. And you could potentially do it cheaper than what I did it as well. You, you can dip your toes in. Dip your toes in. See what it's like. See if anyone comes. You don't have to dive all on in by all these incredible resources, by all the standardized assessments. Um, go and get a, a clinic and a site somewhere. You can do it really cost effectively. 
and still have incredible outcomes for your clients and incredible outcomes for your business. Um, you don't need to have all the marketing know-how. You don't need to be up with social media. You don't need, you know, all these big plans and um, business plans, marketing plans. I mean, I mean, they're helpful. They definitely are and they have their place. And I just feel like I wanted to share with you that if you have a dream, if you have a vision, if you are feeling stuck where you currently are and you feel like you could service your community in a way that also benefits you, then look at your barriers and are they perceived barriers or are they real barriers that are really getting in your way that are stopping you from doing what you're doing? Because most of the time they're perceived barriers and they're these stories that we create in our heads that we can't do something. I don't have enough time. I don't have enough money. I don't have enough resources. I don't have enough confidence. I don't have enough knowledge, experience in the industry. Like I said, I started this business, my private practice, with eight months of non-supervised time as an occupational therapist in pediatrics. I never had any other pediatrics training. And I started with very little money, very little self-belief, and very little connections in my area. I didn't know anyone. I wasn't connected to other allied health professionals. And I managed to grow a beautiful, blooming private practice. And you absolutely can too. That's it, guys. I hope this episode resonated with you. But more importantly, I hope that it inspires you to take action. If you haven't already, come over and join our Facebook group family where we connect and collaborate. You can find us really easy just by searching the OT Lifestyle Movement in Facebook. If you did love this episode, I'd be super grateful if you shared it. You can take a screenshot right now and share it on Instagram or on Facebook so we can connect with more amazing, like-minded, open-minded OTs. The more we share the OT lifestyle movement, the more we can create a ripple effect. And if you do love the podcast, please head over to iTunes and give us a five-star review so we can be found more easily. That's it. Go out, create the epic change that you seek in the world because the world is ready for you. Carpe diem, guys. <laughs>